0: be from Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 verses 4 through 7 which is found on page 860 in the Pew Bible. And when he had finished speaking he said to Simon put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered master we have toiled all night and took nothing but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this They enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. You just can't help being amazed at Jesus. When you think about who he is and you think about what he's able to do, you just can't help but praise and be amazed at all that he is. I love to study the miracles of Jesus. We've been doing that together as a congregation on Sunday mornings for the last month or so. One of the reasons I love to study the miracles of Jesus is because you learn things about Jesus, about what it was really like to interact with him and if you put yourself and your imagination in the scene that is unfolding, you'll see some things that really teach you a lot about his nature, about his character. For example, if you've already got your Bible open, if you you don't, open it to Luke chapter five. We're gonna be looking at verses one through 11 this morning. But I just want you to look at the first three verses that weren't read just a moment ago. It is a very popular time in Jesus' ministry. The Bible says the multitudes are pressing upon him. They are constantly around. There were times in Jesus' ministry when he walked alone, when there was nobody following him, it looked like, except for his apostles. But this was one of those times when he was popular, when people wanted to hear what he had to say, and and they came and they were just, they they couldn't get close enough to him. And so the Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, that he stood by this lake, the Lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee, another term for it. And in verse 2, it says, He saw two boats standing by the lake. So there are two empty boats over there on the shore. The fishermen have already gotten out of them, and they're washing their nets. And then in verse 3, it says, Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. I like the fact that Jesus is sensitive to people, the fact that he looks into the eyes of his audience and he wonders, How can I be a more effective communicator? how can I do better in helping people to understand the message of God? And one of the things that was really practical for him to do was to get into this boat. And by the way, there's probably a little bit of an ulterior motive with the Lord as well, because Simon, this frustrated fisherman, as we'll see in a moment, he's going to have to get into the boat and kind of row it out a little bit from the shore. And Simon's going to be, as it were, a captive audience. Simon and the other fishermen, they've been fishing all night. Maybe they're ready to go home. They're ready to get to bed. They're tired. They're frustrated. They haven't caught anything. But in getting into Simon's boat, Simon has to stay there and listen to the lesson that Jesus is teaching. And the Bible says that the miracle that we read on this occasion, the miracle of the great catch of fish, it doesn't happen until after Jesus has finished saying everything he's got to say about the Word of God that's interesting you know a lot of times as a preacher I've been in situations I've been in classrooms I've been in auditoriums and there's somebody that says you know I just couldn't hear what you were saying this morning I just I, I, I was frustrated I was distracted I just couldn't hear the speaker that's always a problem no matter what generation no matter what century you live in Jesus is thoughtful about people get into a boat go out a little bit from the shore and you can preach to more people, and the water, as you would know, has a carrying effect so that what Jesus is saying can be more easily heard. It's a natural amplifier. The Lord is sensitive. He cares. And he wants you to hear his words. He wants me to listen to what he's saying. As you look at this particular passage this morning, the Bible says that as he finished his lesson, Jesus turned to Simon and the fishermen and he told them to do something. Look at verse 4. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He's done teaching. The crowds, I don't know if they're still standing there watching or if they're starting to disperse because now it's very clear that the lesson is at an end. But whatever the case is, Jesus says to Simon, to Peter, let's go out into the deeper water. And Peter, I want you to let down your nets. And Peter, he's got a response. Look at verse 5. Master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Their net was breaking. A miracle. Nobody could ever fish like Jesus. What can you learn? What are some things that we need to think about as God's people, as human beings, when it pertains to this miracle in particular. What I want us to do this morning with our lesson is this. I want us to, first of all, ask three personal questions of ourselves related to this particular incident. And then I want us to look at some lessons about Jesus and about who He is that will help to change and transform our lives if we'll let it. Personal questions to think about. Personal question number one, there are three of these. I need to reflect on, as I look at what Peter and the Apostles future apostles do on this occasion. How am I going to deal with frustration, with discouragement, with failure in my life? Peter says in verse 5, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. He was a frustrated fisherman. This was not fishing for leisure. It was not fishing for fun. This was fishing for a living. If they didn't catch anything, they were in danger of not having food to put on the table, literally. This was serious. It was their livelihood, it was their business. And out at night they had been and they had fished all night and they had caught nothing. Failure. It wasn't that they didn't wanna catch fish, they were earnest in their endeavor. It wasn't that they weren't experienced. Peter and Andrew, his brother, they were the sons of a fisherman. It was the family business. They had probably grown up as young boys knowing where to fish and when to fish. And so as experienced fishermen, they'd been out all night and it was just one of those nights if you've ever been fishing, if you ever ever involved yourself in that activity, sometimes you just come up dry, there's, there's nothing. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. They'd failed. Think about some failures that you've experienced in your life. Think about some things that you've really tried and you've been earnest and I, I, I want to accomplish this. I want to deal with this and I want to I bring success. And instead you find failure. I would like to suggest to you this morning, humbly, It may well be that the failures we experience are some of the greatest opportunities to know Jesus better. They are some of the greatest opportunities to draw close to God. Because when we have failed, when we have known rejection, when we've known discouragement, when we've known frustration, where do I need to turn? And I want to warn you too, We live in a culture and a society that says, if you failed, you just need to work harder and try harder, do more. That's what our culture says. If you failed, you just need to do more, work harder, try harder. And it's easy to have that mentality. Well, I just got to get back to work and I got to redouble my efforts and I got to go faster. I got to do it better. I got to do it right this time. Maybe, maybe the failures we experience in our lives, like Peter are meant, are intended to open our eyes to something that we're missing in our lives. Second question, how will I respond to Christ's authority? Peter and his cohorts had failed. They came up with no fish. Jesus says, launch out into the deep, let down your nets, and you'll catch fish. And Peter says in verse 5, Master, all night we've been toiling, we've caught nothing. You can almost hear, almost, maybe a tone of, I don't know what you think is going to be different. But I like the fact that Peter does this. Look at the last part of verse 5. Nevertheless, at your word, we will do what you say. When you read the miracles of Jesus, You cannot escape the fact that His Word is authoritative, His Word is powerful. It matters what He says, and it matters that we do what He says. It makes a difference, it changes us, and it helps us to see His goodness and His glory when we do what He says. Nevertheless, at Your Word. You think about it from Peter's perspective. Peter the professional fisherman been doing this all his life lived on the Sea of Galilee all his life he knows where to fish he knows when to fish he knows how to fish here comes Jesus a teacher and if Peter knew him at all a carpenter is this not the carpenter's son Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 what does he know about this What, what what does he have to teach me about fishing Nevertheless, at your word, we'll do what you say. I want to tell you something. When you start reading this book, when you start listening to the words that Jesus has given us, there are going to be some things that are counterintuitive. There are going to be some things that you hear that you say, that, I just can't believe that would ever be the right way. I can't believe that what Jesus is saying to me in this book is really the best way to live my life. We need to think about how we're going to respond to the authority of Christ. His words are true, they are the words of life, eternal life. John chapter 6 verse 68, incidentally, speaking of that verse, that was one of the occasions when the crowds left Jesus. He had fed the 5,000 and he had preached a sermon and a bunch of people didn't like what he had to say and they turned and left. And Jesus said to his apostles, are you guys gonna leave too? You know what Peter said? He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He didn't say you've got the miracles that are really amazing. He said, you have the words that are authoritative. They are eternal life. How am I gonna respond to the authority of Christ? Question number three. How will I respond to success? That's a question worth reflecting on. If the failures in my life are intended by God and can be used by God to draw me nearer to Him, I look for something more. I look for something beyond just what I'm trying to do with my life. I want to see what God's will for me is. And if His words are authoritative, I have to ask this question. How am I going to respond when there's success? Look at the passage. In verses 6 and 7 of Luke 5, they let down their nets, they did what Jesus said, and a great number of fish were caught, and their net was breaking. Evidently, this was something so, extraordinarily, so extraordinary they had never experienced a catch like this. It was miraculous. The Bible goes on to say in verse 7, they signaled to their partners in the boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats, and they began to sink. There were so many fish. Years ago, I had a friend that we went fishing, and he, he had a house down on the coast, and, and they had a boat, and they would lower it into the bay, and we'd go out fishing during the day, and we'd come back in the evening and count our fish and clean them and things like that. Neighbor, right across the waterway from where my friend lived, the neighbor came home every day, and it was like the great catch. I mean, his boat was weighed down, it almost looked like. And this guy would get out and he had his pier and we had our pier and and, and he was cleaning his fish and it it always took him a lot longer to clean his fish because there were so many more of them. And so I asked my friend, I said, where does that guy go? What's he doing differently? And my friend said, he's one of those fishermen who never shares his secrets he will not tell us. He won't tell us where he goes. We've tried to follow him. We always lose him. And we, we don't know what's going on. But he knows where the fish are. It's the way fishermen are. If you've ever been out on a lake when there's fishing going on, if you see two boats together, well, your curiosity's interested. It's raised us a little bit. You see three boats together, four boats together, all of a sudden a bunch of people fishing in one place, guess what the temptation I'm going over there because there there appear to be some people catching fish over there fishermen typically don't tell people where they find success so it's interesting and by the way there's Peter he's got a vested interest in catching fish it's his livelihood how does Peter respond to success they signal for their friends Come on over here. We've got a huge catch of fish. And their friends come. And both of the boats are weighed down. What's the message? What's the lesson? Brothers and sisters and friends, when you hear good news, when you know good news, when you have good news in your heart and in your mind, don't be the fisherman that doesn't share his secrets. Talk to people about it. Share your success with others. How am I going to respond to success? We talk about blessings and we talk about the wonderful majesty and the goodness of living for Christ. We need to tell others because at the end of the day, we're like beggars who have found a feast and we want to share with others the goodness and the riches of Jesus Christ. Now, some lessons to contemplate. They have this great catch of fish and the boat's about to sink and there are some things that happen after this. What do we need to think about when it comes to who Jesus is and what he's trying to do in your life and mine? Number one, Jesus can help when we realize our inadequacies. It's really difficult for Jesus to help people who are full of themselves. It just is. That's why he had such problems with the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought they were great, nothing wrong, nothing inadequate about them. But Jesus can help when we're poor in spirit. Jesus can help when we acknowledge I don't know the way to go, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how I'm going to live my life from now on that's going to bring the kind of purpose and meaning and significance that I was intended for. We were created for the glory of God. Isaiah 43, verses 7 through 10. I don't know how to do that. Jesus can help when we realize and acknowledge our inadequacies. The Sermon on the Mount begins Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Second, as you think about lessons, Jesus always has the best counsel. His words are grace and truth, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1, verse 14. His words are always right. John chapter 8, verse 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He always has the very best counsel. You know, sometimes you'll go to a friend and you ask a friend for advice, and maybe you followed that friend's advice. And how do you know whether it's good advice? Well, it seems good, it seems like a good idea, and you follow what the friend says, and you end up getting burned. Has that ever happened? You end up getting burned. And then maybe if you really think highly of that friend, you'll ask their advice again. And what if you get burned again? What do you start to do? Well, I'm not asking him for advice anymore. I'm not going to go find counsel from them anymore. Jesus has never given counsel, never given advice that was wrong, ever. He always gives the best counsel. Launch out to the deep, let down your nets for a catch. Lesson number three, the goodness of Christ the amazing nature of Jesus Christ ought to make us aware of our sin I want you to read with me look at verse 8 in Luke chapter 5 verse 8 when Simon Peter saw this great catch of fish he didn't say this is the greatest catch in all of my life I can't believe that you produce so many fish look at what he says it's insightful verse 8 the Bible says he bows down, falls down at Jesus' knees and says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He was a fisherman and a sailor of sorts. And you kind of wonder if some of the rough talk and the rough lifestyle that sometimes characterizes that, if that was something that Peter had been a part of. And when Peter sees the goodness of Jesus and he sees himself all Peter can say is depart from me I'm a sinful man O oh Lord the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 verse 4 that the goodness of God Romans 2 4 ought to lead us to repentance you know it's one thing for me to compare myself to somebody else I can look at other people and I can see well you know what I'm doing better than they are in this regard or that area. It's another thing altogether. When I look at Jesus and I see my own inadequacies and I see my own sin, the goodness of Christ ought to make us aware, more aware of that. Next, Jesus changes us by his goodness. You want to know what this miracle is all about? We talked last week about the miracle of the man that was paralyzed and he was let down through the roof. And that miracle was all about how Jesus is able to forgive sin. Remember? Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Jesus is able to forgive sin. He said to that man, Your sins are forgiven. And then to prove that what he said was true, he said, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. So that miracle was about forgiveness. You know what this miracle is about? Luke chapter 5. It's about evangelism. It's about sharing the good news. Watch this. Look at verse nine. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch which they had taken. They had never seen anything like this. Verse 10, so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Said another way in Mark chapter 1, follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. The lesson, I'm sure Peter never forgot. Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. His word is authoritative. His word is right. His counsel is always good. And when Jesus blesses, he blesses so much that your nets are full to the point of breaking, that your boats are full to the point of sinking. That's who Jesus is. And therefore, if I choose to follow him, his goodness is going to change me. And now it's not just about fishing for fish. Now it's about reaching people's hearts and changing people's lives with the gospel message. And Jesus wants by his goodness to transform every single one of us into an evangelist, into someone who is interested in sharing the success and the blessing that is found in Christ with others. That's what this miracle is all about. It's about transforming a fisherman who has failed into an evangelist who is successful because of his reliance and dependence on the Word of God. That's what Jesus is trying to get across to you and to me. He wants to change us. He wants to transform us. And you'll find that change and you'll find that transformation when you really start to get serious about helping other people go to heaven. Last, obedience turns failure into success. The fishermen were not different. They went out all night long. They fished. They had their boats. They had their nets. They caught nothing. But when they obeyed Jesus, the very same fishermen... With the very same boats and the very same nets, they went out and they had a great catch. Why? What was the difference? The difference wasn't the people doing the fishing, the difference wasn't the boats they were in, the difference wasn't the nets they were using, the difference was that they were obedient to the Word of God. They did what Jesus said. Brothers and sisters and friends, I want you to know this morning that obedience is a recipe for spiritual success 100% of the time. Trust and obey the Word of God. Do what He says because that's where His blessings can be found. That's where joy and peace and love can be found. That's where a life of discipleship can be found. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14 verse 15, obedience turns failure into success. I want to challenge you this morning to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Obey the gospel. He wants to bless your life and forgive you of your sin and he wants to change you and transform you into a fisher of men. That's what he wants for you. Let him do it. That's my challenge. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he really is who he claimed to be. Repent, change your life, turn away from your sin. Confess that Jesus Christ is God's Son. Be baptized for the remission of sin. Jesus said, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. John chapter three, verse five. Jesus talked about baptism. He talked about that being the dividing line, the point at which people come into a relationship with him. Will you obey the gospel this morning? If you need to do so, if you'd like to respond and ask for prayers, if we can help you in any way, make your way down the aisle while together we stand and while we sing.